Wendy Sukier is a professor at Ryerson University and the president of for Coalition for Gun Control. We've invited her on the program because last hour we had Charles Zach on, the executive director of the National Firearms Association. He wasn't happy with the prime minister's announcement to ban military style weapons and a further call for municipalities to do what they want when it comes to banning handguns. Um, so, Wendy, welcome to the program. Good to have you on. Thanks for having me. We know that um, Charles Zach uh, and the National Firearms Association had the opportunity to speak with Minister Bill Blair as they were, uh, you know, working on the announcement, uh, crafting the, what would become a ban on military style assault weapons. Did your group also have access to the feds? Uh, no. I mean, we had a conversation with uh, Minister Blair, I think, last week. It's for the first time, and uh, he said that the uh, orders in council were coming, but didn't share any details. And so, I mean, the details that we received, it was a press conference. It was quite lengthy on Friday. Uh, we don't have a timeline for this ban on military assault weapons. There are people that are, you know, uh, gun lobbyists that say this is ridiculous. What is what it doesn't the term doesn't even make any sense when it comes to weapons. And we've already um got a ban on uh, assault weapons or automatic weapons in Canada. So where do you sit on this? They're not so happy with the uh, the announcement. Where is the uh, anti-gun lobbyists head at? Well, it, our focus is on gun control and, uh, and public safety. And for 30 years, we've been advocating for a ban on military assault weapons, which um, serve no purpose. They're designed not for hunting not for farmers, but for killing people as efficiently as possible. And as we saw with the assault weapon ban in the United States, as well as legislation which is in place in most industrialized countries, there are features that uh, distinguish assault weapons from regular hunting rifles. And there's been lots of research done on that. Of course, there are some gray zones, but what's, uh, what's kind of amusing to me, I suppose, is the gun lobby has known <laughs> for 30 years the majority of Canadians want a ban on civilian possession of military assault weapons. I mean, one of the biggest petitions in history um, called for a ban on military assault weapons. The Liberals said they were going to do it in their election platform. Really, sh we have a letter from the Minister of Justice in 1999 saying they were going to do it. So this doesn't come as a shock. This is consistent with legislation that is in place in most industrialized countries around the world, which recognize that the dangers associated with these guns outweigh their utility. And, so, and you know, it's worth noting that the National Firearms Association advocates arming for self-protection. So um, their views on, on uh, uh, guns um, don't align with uh, most Canadians, nor with our constitution or, or laws. So, um, you know, I think you have to consider the source. The point with banning assault weapons is that when we look at mass shootings worldwide and in this country, most of them are with um, uh, legal gun owners. Most of them are legal guns. And guns like the AR-15 and the Ruger Mini-14 um, have been used repeatedly. So this is not about addressing gang violence. This is not about addressing violence against women. This is about addressing mass shootings, 
um, and the risks that the, those pose um, internationally. When this was first announced on Friday, I had some people call in that, you know, just were listening to the program and said, well, none of these assault-style weapons have been used in Canadian shootings. Is that true? What what, do, what does your research tell you? Um, uh, well, let's look at the Polytechnic shooting. That was the Ruger Mini-14. Let's look at the Dawson College shooting. That was one of the guns on the list. Let's look at the Quebec Islamic Center shooting. That was a gun that, the, as I understand it, the RCMP had wanted to prohibit. The Conservatives overturned their um, their recommendation. And uh, you can go through the list. In, in almost every case um, in Canada where there has been a mass shooting defined as a shooting of more than four people, the gun owners have been legal gun owners, the guns have been legal, and we have seen assault weapons on a number of occasions. And if you extend it worldwide, the AR-15 has figured prominently in multiple shootings across the United States, including the Parkland shooting in Florida. The Ruger Mini-14 was used in the shooting in, in Norway. Mass shootings are rare occurrences. Um, in Canada, we've also seen mass shootings with regular old hunting rifles, but we recognize that regular old hunting rifles serve a legitimate purpose. In Canada, we've seen mass shootings with handguns. Um, one of the worst cases of domestic violence in Vernon, B.C. was handgun gun club owner. Another one in Edmonton was a stolen handgun. That's also part of the reason we want a national ban on handguns. It's a question of utility versus risk. And in our view, assault weapons and handguns represent more risk than utility. And we have to put a priority on public safety. You would have more access to this information, especially off the top of your head, than I would. But I know that one of the concerns about these uh, assault-style weapons uh, is that they can be modified by buying a kit online. How easy? your hands on do you know well i mean that's true of some of the um semi-automatics that can be converted to fully automatic fire and i think that was an issue for example in the las vegas uh the las vegas shooting but mm. i mean the fact is whether you're in the city or whether you're in rural canada most canadians 80 percent in the last poll want a complete ban on military assault weapons, and two-thirds want a ban on handguns. So this is really about, you know, the priority of, of uh, Canadians' wishes and also public safety. People uh, that are in favor of guns said that, you know, the announcement targets unfairly legal gun owners, but Ottawa should instead focus on the smuggling of illegal weapons across the border and stronger jail sentences. In fact, this is what our Premier Doug Ford had to say. The only way to truly tackle gun violence is to crack down on the illegal uh, guns being smuggled in daily at our borders. Put money at our borders. Our our great, uh, uh, you know, people that serve the border security, Canadian border security, they're incredible. Give them the money and greatly uh, increase the the legal uh, ramifications for these convicted gun crimes. Wendy, does it have to be an either-or situation? Where do you sit on this? Absolutely not. It's like saying don't deal with breast cancer because we should be focusing on lung cancer. As I said, mass shootings 
very specific phenomena, very, most police officers in Canada have not been killed by gang members. They've been killed in rural communities. The last Toronto police officer who was shot and killed, I think, was Todd Bayless in the mid-90s. And look at the mortality of RCMP, in part because they're in rural communities. So if you're looking at um, if you're looking at police safety, if you're looking at violence against women, if you're looking at suicide, you have to look at stricter controls on rifles and shotguns. If you're looking at gang violence, you have to focus on smuggled guns, but also the diversion of legal guns to illegal markets. The Danforth shooting was with a stolen handgun. It's, it's silly to think that any one measure will um, eliminate gun violence. We have to deal with the root causes. We have to deal with the justice system. But this is an important step forward. It brings us in line with most industrialized countries. And as I said, this demarcation between law-abiding gun owners and the criminal element falls apart when you look at mass shootings, when you look at domestic violence, and when you look at suicide. Those lines are not nearly as clear as the Premier and others would like us to believe. Wendy, when we were speaking with Charles Zach, the executive director of the National Firearms Association, he obviously was not happy. He knew this was coming because it was a platform that was announced during Trudeau's campaign to be uh, prime minister again. Uh, This time around, he had mentioned, really, they are going to focus on stiffer gun control. So, you know, the gun lobbyists saw it, it coming. Uh, When asked if they would then turn their attention, you know, with the handgun ban uh, looming of, um, you know, putting forward friendly candidates, gun friendly candidates into, you know, different political parties or voting for them. He had suggested, yeah, they focus on on that. Any worry for you there? Um, Most Canadians know what the NRA has done. Most Canadians are blissfully unaware of how powerful the Canadian gun lobby is. It's taken us 30 years to get legislation that most Canadians want in place, to get legislation which brings us in line with other countries. Only 8% of Canadians own guns, and a small fraction of them own handguns and assault weapons, and yet they've been able to hold up this legislation for 30 years. Of course, I'm worried about the gun lobby, and I'm mostly worried about the gun lobby because while the majority of Canadians support stronger gun control, they don't do anything about it. All the Prime Minister, I can guarantee you, the only, th- the only people the Prime Minister or Minister Blair are hearing from are the opponents to gun control because Canadians who want this law don't take the time to write, to call, or to do anything about it. It's a real risk. It's a real concern. And we've seen um, the extent to which uh, U.S. has been held captive by the NRA. Canadians should be really concerned, really concerned about allowing that to happen here because this is this is – this this piece, this little piece of legislation is is so well understood internationally. This little piece of legislation is so strongly supported by Canadians, and yet this little piece of of legislation that that allowed uh, the minister um, to prohibit military assault weapons through orders in council is potentially at risk because the gun lobby will call, vote, and, and donate based on um, protecting Canadians 
um, uh, Canadian civilian uh, rights to have guns designed to kill people as efficiently as possible. It makes no sense. 